What is up, everybody? Welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we are going to be talking about being on time and how there's actually so much more going on below the surface when we talk about being on time. I used to make jokes all the time. I was like, I'm perpetually late. It's just, it is what it is. And I had such an identity around always kind of running late and being like, oh, it's fine, fashionably late, right? You know, this whole kind of lies that we tell ourselves around why it's okay to show up late. Um, I'm just gonna give you a little backstory as to how this like started and realizing like how much it was affecting me always running behind and always being late and why it was happening. Why was it happening? You know, and kind of the issues that it was causing for me and how it also correlated with a lot of other things where I was not organized and I'd be forgetful of things, right? I'd be like committing to multiple things and then be like, oh shoot, I forgot I said that I would do this or I forgot I said I would go with her to do this or I forgot about that. You know, I was just so unorganized and so all over the place and it caused a lot of stress. And so we're going to be talking about um, the power of being on time and the power of managing our time and the power of having clear expectations with our time and why we do it. <laughs> so the first, there was something that I read a couple years ago and it was just like one of those aha moments. Like, you know, when you read something or you listen to something, hopefully you have this experience listening to Joyfully, your podcast, where it's just like, boom, things click. It's like, whoa, one plus one equals two. Like it seems simple and clear as day. So I had that um, experience when I was uh, listening to this conversation around delusional optimism. Okay. I'd never heard that before, but I felt so seen. (laughs) So it was talking about delusional optimism where constantly running late because there's this optimistic view of I'll make it. There's enough time to do everything. There's enough time. It'll work out. I'll figure it out. It always works out, right? Which is a great perspective to have. But when it's delusional and unrealistic, then we find ourselves stressed out and stretched thin and feeling overwhelmed and letting people down, you know, and it also, it it really um, jeopardizes the trust people have in us to show up when we say we're going to show up because what ultimately is happening is we're not being true to our word. And so delusional optimists, you know, will plan five things when there's only five minutes, you know, and, but they believe that it'll work out. And so it's not like they're trying, it's not like you're trying to sabotage things or trying to mess it up. There's this like delusional belief of like, no, I could do it. And I, for me, it's because there were times in the past where I did pull little superwoman moves and get like a tremendous amount of things done in a very short amount of time. And so it feels really satisfying to do that, although it leads to burnout because it's like going full throttle for way too long rather than spreading it out. Because all through college, like high school, college, like after college, like until I started getting into personal development, I had this block that I couldn't sit down and do little by little. You know, like if you have a big project and, you know, the best thing to do would be to do 30 minutes a day. You know, I I just couldn't do that. Like I wanted, I, I, I thought, I thought I couldn't do that. I thought that wasn't how I operated because I had, um, mastered, uh, procrastination really well. Right. I was the performer when it comes to procrastination where I was like, Ooh, I work really well under pressure. That was like a freaking mantra for me. I work well under pressure. It's fine. I'll do it the night before I work well under pressure. It's fine. I'll wait till the last minute. 
And there's been many times where I really, really messed things up and sabotaged things because I waited and then it was too late and the opportunity was missed and I decided to deal with it because I I had to sit in my own consequences is what I had to do. So things started to really change for me when um, I attended an emotional intelligence leadership program um, that used to be in San Diego and now they've relocated and they are in Austin, Texas. And a big part of this experience, this immersive like coaching experience, it's like four days long, all day. You're in a, with a group of like 60 other people. Um, and the time of things was crucially important. So the time we had to report back to the room after our lunch, everyone had to be there on time. And if anyone was late, everyone had to go out and come back again. And it's like, you're kind of made to be a um, example in a way. And so it's kind of like, we're all in this together. We're a team, we're a group, we all show up on time. And there, and so it was, the reason why they did it that way is because everything within that um, emotional intelligence, that leadership thing was supposed to be a reflection of everything else in life. So if you showed up late and held up the entire group, that was probably a reflection of how you show up in a lot of other areas of your life. If you're, um, you know, whatever, however you showed up in that group, was always a reflection of how you showed up in every other area of your life. And so their whole perspective on time was like, if you show up late, you are saying that you don't give a shit about anyone else's time and you don't respect their time. Like, obviously that's the extreme of it. They were a lot like, there were times they were nicer, but there were times it was that extreme where it was like, so you don't care about anyone else except yourself. You're self-centered, you know? And it was kind of this like, massive knife in the heart because I'm like, what? No, of course I care about everyone else. I had no idea how my constant tardiness was affecting other people. I didn't realize how the message that it was receiving or that was being received or the message that was being sent out. And basically the message is my time is more important than yours. I'll show up when I want to. Right. And that was not my intention at all. Um, And so having that awareness and that realization of like, wow, I don't want anyone to ever feel like I think I'm more important than them. And so I started to be very particular about being on time, right? In the past where I'm like, oh, I got to drive somewhere and it's 30 minutes away. I would probably leave, you know, 15 minutes prior and just be okay with being 15 minutes late. Like I have strengthened that muscle of being on time and it creates so much peace in your life when you start showing up on time to things. Because once you start showing up on time, you start to develop trust within yourself because you can trust yourself to show up, you know, or if you say you're going to do something and you follow through, you can trust yourself to follow through. And so being on time has a lot of other different things below it. Um, For example, being realistic with timing. I used to be so delusional with certain things because I just was like, why not? Why not? I think it could happen in 24 hours, you know, and it's something that clearly needed more like a week or a month, you know, trying, having an unrealistic timeline of what's possible. And I'm not trying to, you know, rain on your parade and say like, nothing happens overnight, but a lot of the times it doesn't, right? We might get clarity overnight, but we're not going to build out and create some big project or create new a career or find a new job, like everything in a snap of a finger. Um, 
it takes time and learning how to be okay with things taking time is really powerful because you learn how to be at peace with the moment. And one of the biggest things that I have learned around healing this relationship with time and learning how to consistently be on time and consistently be true to my word is I started to be realistic with the timing of my goals, kind of like how I mentioned. If there's something that needs to get done, I always kind of give myself more time rather than less time. You know, in the past, I would I would schedule, I wouldn't schedule things out. I'd never put anything in my calendar. I was so unorganized. Like I was just fly by the seat of my pants. Um, and I would show up for work, but then one of my social, you know, even like with my friends, I'd be like, okay, I'm coming over. And then I'd come over two hours later and they started to kind of joke and like, get like, understand that about me. Right. They started to adapt to the way I was showing up, but it was still affecting my relationships and it was still affecting people and it wasn't making me feel good because I was constantly feeling behind. And if you're constantly feeling behind, you're constantly feeling stressed. And so I started to get used to working stressed, to operating stressed. And it was almost like this addiction to the adrenaline and the pressure of like, oh, gotta go right now, gotta go, gotta go. You know, and so that also correlated with the procrastination side of like, oh, I don't need to do it. There's not enough pressure or stress yet. And, you know, I'm not saying that, but that was kind of the subconscious thing that was happening that I was operating from was in order to get anything done, I needed to have a high intensity level of pressure. Um, And so it's kind of been a thing over the past four years of like learning how to be my own boss, learning how to govern myself and my time and my productivity and like my commitment levels, because there's no one else. There's no one else that's going to be like, hey, you didn't show up today, right? Unless it's like a client call. But that's the other thing too. I had a fear of like committing to things because I didn't trust myself to show up for it in the way that I needed to. You know, with work, that was like the only thing that ever like kind of get in trouble with was being late because I was always stretching time. Um, And so when you start to be on time for things, you can start to trust yourself more to commit to things. And then once you commit to it, put it in your freaking calendar. So then when someone else asks you if you're available, like for example, when someone's like, hey, are you available this date? I tell them, I have no idea. I got to check my calendar. And I look at my calendar and I see what's on there. And if there's already something booked, I say, oh, sorry, I already have something something planned. But if I don't, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it in my calendar right now. And my girlfriends know this about me um, because obviously they, it's like my closest friends, we've all been friends for like 10 years, we 10 to 15 years, and we are really good about making time to be together. And so a part of being friends that long is relearning and getting to know each other through our own individual changes and evolutions. And so they used to adapt to me always being late. And now they know that I'm actually, you know, if someone's like, hey, you want to hang out? I'm like, sure. What day? What time? When? You know, or if someone's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this done. I'll send this to you. Okay, cool. By when? You know, because whenever we have, even by asking ourselves that question, by when? And setting a date to it, we start to give it a frame, a container. We get, we start to create something where it's like, okay, we know we have a timeline. It's a priority, but what's that timeline actually look like? And are we willing to work calm? Are we willing to learn how to work calmly and play the long game? Because that's something that I've had to learn over the past couple of years is playing the long game and not doing things for the instant gratification of it. And I think with overcoming the fear of time, it's not even a fear of time. It's just 
learning how to be on time, learning how to be on time, learning how to be committed to your word and learning not to stretch yourself so thin that you are stressed the F out. Like I remember making plans with friends and I'd make plans with three different friends in the same night because I didn't know how to say no to anyone. So I would only kind of be partially present with each person. I'd be like show up for an hour and be like, all right, it was cool, but I got to go. And they're like, what? I thought we were like hanging out tonight. I'm like, sorry, I have to go meet up with so-and-so. I meet up with them and we're hanging out. Sorry, I got to go meet up with this person because so many people like I'd have multiple people ask to make plans or I'd make plans with them because I didn't properly plan my night. So I was never fully present. And I think that's also a part of it is not being present and always thinking of the next thing you have to do. And, and it's like, I remember so many times, even with school projects or things where I would think about it, think about it, think about it and stress about it, stress about it. But I didn't know how to slow down and just take the first step. You know, what step am I in right now? You know, when it comes to the your work or your school or whatever it is that you're doing or you're building a business, what step am I in right now? And focusing there. And then maybe what's the next step? But even then, it's not important. What step am I in right now? What is the step that I'm in? Can I define the step that I'm in? So, um, you know, do this with yourself where you could start to ask if you're like, okay, I want to do this thing. Start to ask yourself, by when? And then look at your calendar or open up your journal and schedule it with yourself. The littlest of things. It's like, oh, I need to um, go get a car wash. Okay, when am I going to, like, we naturally do this, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to get a car wash. When do I have time to do that? Oh, I could do it later today, right? We naturally do this, but it's when we have commitments with other people or we have our own personal goals, Learning how to be on time to appointments, to lunches, to dinners, to um, work, like all these things, it all is a reflection of everything else. So if you learn to be on time and you start making an effort to not be delusional, not, uh, not being a delusional optimist when it comes to being on time, there's so many other things in your life that will start to shift because you don't have to worry about it's not it's like this whole extra layer of stress and baggage that you get to put down and walk away from so you could say what you mean and mean what you say you can show up when you say you're going to show up and you can trust yourself enough that you're going to get it done or you're going to show up you're not going to procrastinate and this is like little by little when you have the awareness of it you'll start to have awareness of it and you know if you need to and this is also too like taking a couple extra seconds of mental planning if you open up your maps and see where you're going see how long it actually takes to get there so then you're telling yourself you need to leave by a certain time rather than I need to leave by the time of my actual appointment (laughs) there's some of you that are going to understand that that was totally me I'd be like oh my appointment's at three okay I'll leave at three (laughs) versus my appointment's at three how far away is it let me just put it in my maps real quick okay I need to leave by this time and you start to build a lot of confidence and trust within yourself because it's that feeling of like, mm-hmm, I'm on time. And then the other part of that is you are telling the people in your life, I respect you and I respect me. I respect the agreement we've made to meet at this time because not showing up on time makes other people lose trust in you as well. And on an intimacy level, like if, if Say you're dating someone and they're like, okay, I'll see you there. This is cultural though. I will keep in mind this is cultural. For the US, it is very much around disrespecting each other if you don't show up when you say you're going to, because it's kind of like being against your word. But it's cultural because, you know, there's other places like Spain or Latin America where 
It's slow time. It's like someone says you can be there at three. It's like, yeah, maybe, but it's my, you know, there's a lot of wiggle room, you know, 20 minutes before, 20 minutes after it's all good. But if you're listening and you're in Canada or you're in the United States, like that's not our culture. Our culture is to show up on time and be on time. And it's not even for other people as much as it is for yourself because things will just start to feel, um, a lot less messy and you will feel, um, like you have the capacity to do the things you do. And you also get to notice if you are overextending yourself, right? Where do you need to recommit and renegotiate, right? If there's ever times um, where you say you're going to do something, you don't do it. It's like, okay, well, we just need to renegotiate rather than writing it off as a fail. Renegotiate, recommit to it, spread it out, break it up, chunk it up. Okay. So this is, This is my invitation to you to be very aware of showing up to things in your life on time and starting to rebuild the identity you have about yourself because I totally understand that. I was the identity. I would joke, I'm like, I'm perpetually late. It's just who I am. You know, I had an identity created around that, but that's not actually true. It's not who I was. It was just behaviors that I adapted and learned and became okay with because the consequences were never that severe, right? But each time I was doing that, I was sending the message to other people that my time was more important than theirs. And that is not the message that I want to send to anyone in my life. You know, it's not what I stand by. And so um, I hope this this podcast episode supports you in those things. And I, and I promise you, you will start to notice other changes that are indirect when you start being very clear and committed with your time and with what you say yes to. And what you say no to, right? You know, stop doing the things you don't like to do. If someone keeps asking you to do it, why are you doing it? Is it because if it's a job? You know, maybe depending on the relationship you have with the employer, if it's something that you really don't like doing and it's something that you struggle with doing and so you, you know, delay doing it, ask if it's possible to not do that task and start doing other things or, you know, I don't know. Be willing to, that was the episode yesterday, right? Be willing to ask for what you want. You can't get what you want if you don't ask. Be willing to go for the no. Um, So being committed to our time constraints and scheduling things out and not saying yes right away until you've actually looked at what you have going on. So when you do say yes, people can trust your yes. Because if you're always running late and you're super flaky and you're not showing up, people stop trusting your yes. Just how it is. And so if you want people to trust your yes, you want people to trust you and you want to trust yourself, start being on time, make an effort to do it, start working, learning how to work calmly, learning how to notice, like, am I addicted to the adrenaline of rushing? Because a lot of people are. So just a couple questions to reflect on. Oh, it is 11.11 in my world right now. I know time is so arbitrary when it comes to podcasts because you can listen to this at any time and it's real time for you when you're listening to it. Um, so guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe. If you love this episode, send it to a friend. If you've been listening to a while, um, listening to uh, Joyfully You for a while, I know most people listen here on Spotify Um But if you have an Apple podcast um, application on your phone, it would mean the world to me if you would go in, leave me five stars and write a little review about how the podcast has affected you and how the podcast has changed your life or 
what your experience has been while listening to Joyfully You. That is my request. And that is like, I'm like, will you please do that? That means the world because that allows other people to, or the other people are more likely to see Joyfully You or to be able to um, experience some of the love and the grace and the things and the conversations that we talk about here on the show. So if you haven't left me a review yet, I'm asking you pretty, pretty please to go leave one, um, you know, honest review of whatever uh, joyfully you has contributed into your life. Um, and if you know someone that needs to hear this episode, go ahead and send it to them and, uh, keep spreading the love. I really appreciate you guys because when you guys share these episodes to people, it helps grow the mission of empowering, inspiring other people to love and to lead. You know, that's like my main mission in life to empower and inspire people to love and lead really empathetic people, empathetic women like you, like me, that are sensitive, that we need to honor our sensitivities as a superpower. So I'm also on Instagram at Kelsey Low Show. If you guys are on Instagram, you can follow me there. I'm always hanging out in my stories and stuff. Or if you want to send me a message and reach out, if you ever want to share anything, or if you have any questions, you can always message me on Instagram and I will always respond. Okay. That's my promise to you. Um, so thank you for listening to joyfully you podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I will see you on the next episode.